I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Julio, when did you... Finally arrive in Kansas City. I know you've been here forever, but moved here in 2003. <laughs> hey, right, right. That's what we're talking Perfect. about. So when you come here, the Royals, man, remember they go ahead and get Curtis Scanick. They finished third, 83 and 79. Things looked like they were going well. Tony Payne, managing the team, right? You remember the it 2003 look, it Royals? Good. It was looking good, right? Yeah. Did you, did you enjoy the 2003 Royals? Because that did. was they were a lot of fun. More that, fun than we're having now. That team was a lot of fun to watch, but they couldn't sustain it. Like, they didn't build on that team. But you had guys like Ken Harvey, Angel Barroa, Joe Randa, Raul Abanez, Beltron, my dude Aaron Guile, Mike Sweeney. That was a fun team to watch. Jeremy Affield was on that team. Jose Lima, remember Lima was time? was a solid team, man. Lima time was good stuff. But Jimmy Gobble was on that team. Renelvis Hernandez was on that team. Yep. Kevin Apier was on that team as well. But the bottom line is the team was fun. Uh, the starting pitchers that were Daryl May, Chris George, Ronelvis, Kyle Snyder, Jose Lima, uh, Mike McDougal was on that team. The closer, Affelt, Carrasco, Grimsley, Chris Wilson, but Jimmy Gobble was on that team. Um, but he did play, you know, in the minors with Zach Grinke and, of course, played a lot of years with the Kansas City Royals for Zach Grinke, but they've been doing the Mystery Royal each and every day, and it's a lot of fun. Zach comes up in 2004. That's kind of when he made his splash for the Kansas City Royals. But anyway, Rob Britton, Carrington Harris, they've been doing like two a day this week, which is a lot of fun. Like It brings back so many memories of the the Royals, right? Because they've had Ken Harvey on. That was a lot of fun. Paul Bird has been on. Johnny Gomes yesterday. But here was Jimmy Gobble that they caught up with today. Um, The uncertainty of... of the whole year then how it played out um you know back back in 99 there wasn't a lot of travel ball or or you know you didn't have you know a lot of access to uh, material or information so you didn't really know what was going to go down um actually on the draft day i, I wasn't even at home i i left and went fishing everybody was at the house so i just kind of I don't know, I showed up, I don't know, probably somewhere around 12 or 1, was told the news. From that point on, it was kind of a little chaotic. But, you know, being who I am, I didn't really put a lot of stock in what it was, what it wasn't. I really just 
being so young, I was 17 at the time. I really just wanted to get out there and play, um, you know, and I think we had Kyle Snyder, Wes Obermuller, Brian Sanchez, Jay Gerke, Mike McDougal. So it was a really big class with a lot of, you know, I don't know, top three round guys. So, uh, they were all a little bit older. So I was kind of the young one that came in. It was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of fun on the expectation side too. You say a lot of fun. You were a part of one of my favorite Royals teams of all time, the 2003 Royals. You guys have a very special year. How often do you think back to that season? I refer to that season a lot. I mean, obviously, Tony had just came in and, and kind of – Tony Pena uh, – kind of overhauled the whole system. And, and Allard had been there and, you know, had been trying to – get a few things going and man they were just making the right moves knocking it out of the park and and the team chemistry in that clubhouse was unique uh with you know having golly mike sweeney um joe rand uh, uh brent main like you know brian anderson bringing him in uh, i think right at the trade deadline uh, so anyways you brought in all these guys all these veteran guys i just turned 22 and, you know, walking around in that, and Baroa, Angel Baroa, he won Rookie of the Year that year. I actually stayed with him during the course of that season. Um, didn't really have a place to live coming from Wichita, and he opened up. Uh, he had an extra room. So it, it was honestly, it went by so fast because it was that much fun. Um, even as you, you push towards the line of, you know, September and playoff baseball, it was just, it was a special group. Um, and, and Tony did a really good job of, of keeping everyone relaxed and, and, and Allard being who he was. It was just a really, really fun time. And, and I talk about that often when I coach nowadays because it was such a big learning, learning experience for me. I just think back to that season and why I think so fondly of it is. So I'm born and raised in Kansas City. I remember the first Royals game I went to was a mid-90s opening day where they were playing the Minnesota Twins. And when I saw that grass for the first time, it honestly changed my life. I'd never seen anything like it before, but the Royals were just so bad in the mid-90s, and then you get to 2003, and that was the first time in which I got to see winning baseball, and I got to see the effect that it had on the city, and you guys get off to that great start in 2003. You guys are in contention for most of the season, and it showed me sort of the roadmap for what eventually was going to happen in 14 and 15 if the Royals could play at this kind of level, how people would, would gravitate towards it. Yes, and, and when that started taking shape, like, like you just said, you know, I wasn't there in, in 14, 15, I, I retired, but as this started taking shape, you saw the pieces coming into play and how everything was adding up and, and where everyone, and, I mean, it was just such a unique time you know, to obviously be a Royal or be a Royal fan during, during their runs. Um, and, and still having, you, you know, a lot of communication with some of the guys in that clubhouse. I, I'm sure for the most part, it was a lot like that 2003 year. Right now we're talking to Jimmy Gobble who pitched for the Royals from 2003 to 2008. I just want stories about some of the guys on that team. I'm sure you have a lot of them. One person who I thought was maybe the biggest fan favorite of them all on that team was Jose Lima. He just had such a larger-than-life personality. He's 30, you're 21, 22. Was he a guy that was sort of a mentor to the young guys on the team? He was. Um, you know, Jose, he came in Lima time. He came in and got off to such a hot start. 
start. Um, and man, I mean, you know, the city kind of just brought him in. So whenever I was pitching, he would help me. He would come down and talk to me during the bullpens, talk to me about what he was seeing. And, and he had a unique way of pitching, um, not as much like mine where I was left-handed, but we would really compare and honestly compare in contrast to what we were trying to do and how we were trying to sit hitters up. But he was always such a, a, a fun, happy guy. He really kept the clubhouse, um, you know, <laughs> the clubhouse character that particular year all in all with all the people you had in it was really unique. But, but Jose, like I said, I never, I never was around him where he was super angry or whatever. He was just always go-oriented and, and positive and just such a fun-loving guy. I'm a big believer, Jimmy, that teams take on the personality of their leader. So if your leader is lighthearted, then that attitude sort of permeates through the rest of the roster. You mentioned Tony Pena. I felt like the city really followed Tony Pena. Like you guys had the We Believe and everybody just sort of rallied around this one individual that you guys could eventually make the playoffs. How accurate is that that he sort of galvanized you guys to believe that you guys had a chance to make the playoffs? Uh, well, it happened. It started in spring training. I mean, seriously, like, I, I think our I'm, – I'm not sure if it was our first team meeting or not, but I know it was very early on in spring training. Um, Tony, he, he came in and, and he started just talking, and then he actually came up, you know, with the We Believe slogan, and, and he kept saying it and repeating it. And, you know, honestly, like, the guys – and it was an older clubhouse. So a lot of times to, to get leadership from what I would call Tony as a player's manager, especially that year, he really allowed our guys to have leeway in how they went about their business. So he started the process of we believe and just, you know, we believe in the process and, and what we're trying to do. And, and he was instrumental to that. And he honestly, for the whole time throughout the year, he believed that. I remember in Minnesota, I think we lost, game one of the series and we really needed to win the series so we had to win two more and the game had just ended and honestly I don't know how it happened maybe there was a walk off something it was right at the end of August early September and Tony comes in and you know he starts pacing and in Minnesota the clubhouse wasn't very big so he starts pacing back and forth and you know I'm 20 I'm scared to death I don't know what's going to happen what and he 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 grabs the, the radio and he actually just turns it up and he's like, just have fun. Just, just enjoy this process. Tomorrow we'll go get it. Don't worry about it. Flush it. You know, like someone like that in that pressure situation, just tried to make everyone relax. And he actually took on the burden himself. So that's pretty unique. Um, and, and like I said, as a young player that really set with me because of how cool of a moment that was to know you know, how close we were, we kind of just lost that lead, and now we've got to come back and win two, you know. So it, it was really unique that he had that mindset. I can't remember what year it was, but I remember it was during your time with the Royals because Carlos Beltran, he made one of the greatest catches I'd ever seen in my entire life. You guys were playing the Mariners, and he made this catch in center field and just made it look so effortless that when I think back to the high-end talent that you have, I still don't know if the Royals have had a player like Carlos Beltran. I assume people would say that Gordon would be close to it and Kane would be close to it, but Beltran from ages like 24 to 26, he just played the game differently than everybody else did. 
Yeah, and, and you know, I got to see Gordo for a, a decent while, really, as he was transitioning into becoming who he was. And by the way, Alex was one of the best of the best. What what a human he was! Just loved the guy to death. Carlos was, man, Beltran. He would just do stuff that amazed me, even at that young of an age. He glided in everything he did. His stolen, like how he could read a pitcher and then, like his, I think his steal percentage the first six years in Kansas City was off the charts. Um, He could hit for power. He could work counts. And and him playing center field, seriously, it it was, he had such a unique talent that um, a lot of times it looked effortless. It really looked effortless um, as he was going about his business. He was that smooth. Jimmy, when you think back to your time in Kansas City, what do you think most fondly on? What's your fondest memories of your five seasons here in KC? Really the relationships you build. You know, the the people you come in contact with, um, you know, the clubhouse guys, the the minor league coaches, you know, LC was one guy that was so instrumental to, to my development, who I was. Um, Jeff Garber down um, in, in Wilmington, Delaware, when he managed me, was w- one of the top-tier man. just worked his tail off. And then getting to see Dayton come in and do what he did, and, and still what he's doing is, is just, you know, I, I mean, what Kansas City has done over the course of, you know, the past, what, 15-plus years, has been really unique. But as I was there, it was the relationships, um, the clubhouse camaraderie, because some of our teams were, were not very well. Uh, <laughs> we, we played with a lot of heart, but we didn't win a lot. Um, but all in all, you know, getting to be around Buddy Bell and, and Billy Dorn and, you know, just, my gosh, like I think back on those times, and they were so fun. Now, again, there's there's a lot of work that goes into playing professional baseball and you know people probably don't like to hear the term work it it wasn't necessarily work but you know there's a lot of time spent with a lot of people in that clubhouse so you know when you talk about playing the games obviously that is the most important part but building the relationships with with all the people the Mark Tians um John Buck Luke Cochaver Alex Gordon Reggie Sanders Mark Grizzolanik like all these people were just Honestly, you, you take a little bit from all of them and, and you carry those relationships with you. Um, so I would say that that's one of the, the most fondest things I have. And, and spring training being somewhat relaxed and me and Greeky playing golf together and me giving him hell trying to beat him and uh, really never could. But, you know, just all those little things that, you know, kind of make you smile as I'm coming into my 40s now, you know, and <laughs> and you sit there and, you, you know, you think about what you got to experience. You know, so that's about it, really. I mean, the playing of the games was obviously really cool, but, you know, all the relationships were the unique part. Zach Grinke is still my favorite Royal of all time. I got an opportunity to meet him on a Royals caravan. You remember when you guys were like, go to random cities in yep. uh, across the Midwest and just meet fans? So I was in college. I went to college in Joplin. And the Royals did a caravan there, and Grinky was there, and just no one was talking to him. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go talk to him. And I talked to him for 15 minutes, and ever since that moment, he has always been my favorite Royal. Give me your favorite Zach Grinky story. Oh, my gosh. Well, now, me and him go way back. So, I have so many. To find one, you know, he would he would come here, and, and I had a golf tournament here for uh, 
we we had a golf tournament and we raised money for the for a, a cancer center here locally. And Zach would come here and you know he'd stay for a while and you know he, he didn't really like any publicity. So when he'd come here, he would randomly just go off on his own and you know do whatever. And uh, he's just Zach. I mean, you know, when me and him would hang out and we'd do whatever, you know. I remember knocking on his door at like, you know, 3.30, hey, you're going to come take the bus, and he was starting that day, and he he looked like he'd just wake up, he'd be like, no, I'll be there later, and he'd just shut the door on me, and um, he's just one of a kind, and you know, he's never changed who he was or, or, or how he goes about his business, he's always just so, you know, I mean, what a unique talent he is, um, but, you know, honestly, I'm still trying to I'm trying to picture one of my favorite Grinky stories, and, and it would have to be something along the lines of, you know, um, him n- not even understanding sometimes um, what he actually says to reporters at his – whenever he was younger, I remember me and David Risky would be like, why are you saying that to a reporter? Don't do that. And, um, you know, little things like that with Zach was just really unique. Um, you know, but I, I don't have a specific story because – Man, that's so long ago. Um, I hope some of that helps, but, you know. No, I can... Being in Zach's wedding was really unique, too. Um, but, you know, Zach's just Zach. Everybody asked me about him, but, uh, you know, I just kind of laugh and just be like, you know, that's just Zach. If you get him on a one-on-one setting, he'll talk to you as long as you want to talk. I can't imagine what Zach Grinke's wedding is like. I imagine it's like 13 people there, but it was the greatest reception ever. <laughs> it was a good reception. Yeah, there's a lot of people there. I, I mean, you know, Hochaver was there, Gordo was there, some of his past teammates were there. Um, you know, his wife is who's an amazing person. Um, she's a lot more different than Zach. She she talks a lot, very personable. Um, yeah, it was a really good time. Like my my oldest, he was there, um, and he was. I remember he had a little tie on, and and he might have been two, three, four, I don't know. And he's over there doing his little thing. So we had a we had a really good time. Last thing here. So we're doing this during the All-Star break to just catch up with former Royals, and we've been taking suggestions, and I've been offering up my picks, and you were one of the names that came up that people wanted to know what you were up to. What are you doing today? Where are you? Well, I, I mean, I, I moved back home. I, I got three boys, um, been married, going on, 16 plus years now um you know i, I live here in, in bristol virginia uh, i coach at john battle high school and i've been coaching there pretty much since i retired um i've been managing there for about going on five years um don't do a whole lot try to help in the community with with baseball as, as much as i can not so much on the teaching side just as much on the life side as we can but you know really just you know, as odd as it sounds, I'm, I don't, I, I don't do a lot on the, you know, the uh, Facebook side or, or anything like that. I stay pretty quiet and to myself, and really just try to help out in the community and coach high school ball, and that's really about as exciting as I get. <laughs> Which probably sounds pretty boring, but I, I truly enjoy coaching and giving back, and then being around my three boys who are getting up there in age, you know, my oldest just turned 15, my middle one's going on 13, and then we have a little one going on nine. And they're all three in baseball and, and other sports as well. And it's just um, 
it's very time consuming, but very rewarding to be there and be present and, and try to help them, you know, as much as I can and, and get to know, you know, some of the people around here and, you know, Bristol's not a big town. So it's, it's a very unique place and we enjoy it a lot and it's very homey. And, you know, we just, I enjoy being able to coach at my high school that I went to. So that's, like I said, I'm probably one of the more boring people you'll meet, but just overall, I truly enjoy trying to help. And that's about all I do, 98% of the time. Well, it certainly was exciting to catch up with you. That's what this week is about, finding out what former Royals are up to and hearing their stories. That is Jimmy Gobble joining us on the show today. He pitched from the Royals from 2003 to 2008. Jimmy, man, it was an honor to have you on the show today, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that was fun hearing the Zach Greinke. Like that, that brings you back, man. It's one of those interviews. And by speaking of future Royals, by the way, Daniel Lynch tonight went for Omaha. Uh, his line three and two thirds, two hits, one run, zero earn, zero walks, six Ks before the rain delay. There was a rain delay there. Had sixty three pitches, but three and two thirds for one Daniel Lynch. I like it. I like it. Canada and Haiti. They're playing out here at, at Children's Mercy. And Team USA versus Martinique next. I think Busio's in the starting lineup for he is. Your sporting fans or Team USA fans. They'll yeah. be playing here in just a little bit. Uh, curious about the crowd, though. Look at the crowd. It's not real good for this one, but maybe everybody's out in the parking lot. But the tailgating. It's nine minutes from when the game was supposed to start, but it probably won't start on time. But coming up next, a team that people are forgetting about in the NFL. You never hear them talk about them. But I have them in that second tier. We'll talk about that team next. Big at Night. Welcome back to Big at Night. Jay Bakley, Julio Sanchez producing Canada just defeated Haiti 4-1. to It's a children's mercy. Team USA starts in about 34 minutes or so. First morning, Nick. So you get a chance to watch most of it, Julio. I'm excited. Uh, mentioned Daniel Lynch's line in AAA. Double A. The onslaught continues with home runs. MJ Melendez, double-A best, 18th home run tonight. He's got 18. Prado and Witt, each have, Witt Jr. each have 15. Bobby Witt should have 16 because he did touch home plate that day. But Melendez hitting 274. It's only a matter of time till those three cats are in Omaha playing. Can't wait. Julio, I've long considered and been one of the few – I've been talking up the Cleveland Browns for a while. It's not they're the popular team lately. The sexy team lately, so to speak, that people have been talking about as far as their roster construction and being good. And there's a reason for it. I was seeing what they're doing in free agency, and I said, all right, this team is making a step, man. i got to put them in that second bubble. I mean, the $137.5 million the Patriots spent in free agency, thought about it, but still, yeah, Cam Newton. Not the same Cam Newton. And then Mac Jones. And what do you expect from him? Like, I, he didn't win seven games last year, Belichick did. So that's respectful. Can't put him in a second bubble. We'll see what the Ravens do. I did not like them trading Orlando Brown the Chiefs. Actually, as a Chiefs fan, I loved it. But if I was a Ravens yeah. fan, I wouldn't. But still, solid running game. Good defense. And then they did. Well, they brought in Watkins. Good wide receivers. But they drafted well as far as yeah. wide receivers. Rashad yeah. Bateman, Tylen Wallace coming in. Now, getting it to him is another thing. We'll have to see what happens there. But the Cleveland Browns, I think, are going to have a top 10 defense this year. They got 50% of the Rams secondary. They drafted corner in the first round. Three all pros on the offensive line. 
and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's a great play-action quarterback. No now, reason the rest sh- of it he's got to get better at, but they could kind of win despite him. But they did win a playoff game last year, which is much better than usually the darling, yeah. the Chargers. Yeah, there's no reason they shouldn't be in the playoffs again this year. But one of the teams I really like, a team that by the end of the year will probably be number one under the salary cap, a team that believes in homegrown talent, and a team that I believe is there, a team that got the most with that offensive line, even though Costanzo retired, is the Indianapolis Colts. I like Chris Ballard as GM. I see a team that went to Buffalo last year, minus the fans, lost by three. Missed a 33-yard field goal by Blankenship, went fourth and two, did the half, and they lose by three. So, come on. I, I felt they outplayed the Bills that day, right? They did. And they we wouldn't have been talking about the Bills in the AFC Championship game. Josh Allen would have taken an L right there in the first round. They got the most out of Phillip Rivers that anybody could hope for. Because Phillip Rivers really had a lot to tank, he'd still be playing. Instead, he's coaching high school football in Alabama at 4A level. So Carson Wentz reunited Frank Reich, see what happens. But the team, the Colts, they did bring back T.Y. Hilton. They have not brought back Justin Houston. It was one of the decisions. But Jonathan Taylor, third leading running back in the NFL. Like, I'm curious about them. So Pat McAfee said, Hey, I'm like everybody, because this is from the Pat McAfee show. Says he's a former Colt. Says, you know, where's the star power? You know, like I've been looking for that weapon. He had Chris Ballard on. And he says, Hey, you haven't got on and got me that weapon. That's how it started. Well, I, it's not just you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. We we think we we got guys that can be superstars. Like, like people don't like the unknown. They don't I mean it. At some point. You know, guy and I have a couple of young players that do that. We we have a strong belief in Michael Pittman. Um, he's a big, talented kid. I think if you watched, unfortunately, you know, he had this the shin injury last year that was pretty, was was a pretty severe injury, and he ended up coming back from, um, but still finished the season strong. We saw the start Perry Campbell had last year, and it was really strong. Uh, he's healthy. He knows it. He's worked hard season to get his body right. So he can, so he can have a big season. And then the guy that, you know, people just kind of brush over Zach Pascal, but I, I mean, all he does is produce. I mean, he just goes out there and does all the dirty work, catches touchdowns, and produces. So we like the group as a whole. And then with Ty, who we think, you know, still adds a, a dangerous element to our team. You know, last year we finished second in the league in explosive plays. And, I mean, those were coming from somebody. I mean, somebody was having those explosive plays. So, second I think Frank, in the league? Second in the league with explosive plays. Wow. Hey, who, so, who was telling you to get a weapon that you had to look up that? Well, somebody, my wife, <laughs> my kids keep telling me, will somebody give me this? Or is that just something you know as the season goes? Like, hey, we're pretty good at explosive plays. No, I mean, we track it. And, and, it's a it's something that we track, but we also look. You always want to add great players, but then you've got to be able to fit it under your cap, and and knowing that we have a bunch of really good players on the roster that we want to take care of, um, and try to tracks done. Um, it's a it's a it's a type wire. You're 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 walking on a type wire, and you have to be able to balance it. And here's the thing about them, Julio. A lot of people don't realize they were second in the NFL in explosive plays, right? Like they can do that. I love their offensive line, love the running game. Bills have them as far as quarterback and Stephon Diggs. I put him over T.Y. Hilton. But T.Y. Hilton last year, 56 for six goals. And drafted guy, Kevin Afterthought, 
for that team, but five touchdowns last year, 630 yards receiving. Michael Pittman, don't forget about him, the big body receiver, did get hurt but played in 13 games. And then Paris Campbell, former second-round pick, was hurt the first season, like week 13 or week 14 was hurt, 18 catches that year. Last year he tore his MCL in week two. So they do have weapons. You see what I'm saying, a wide receiver. They they do. But they can be sneaky good to me. They're they're technically and fundamentally sound. I'm just saying – I don't think we can sleep on them. Like, I'm not on the Titans bandwagon. Because it's still Ryan Tannehill. And I know they brought in Julio. It's fine. But they got to – Bud Dupree, coming off an ACL, can't be the only savior for that defense. (laughs) It was one of the four worst in the NFL last year. Yeah, I I mean, I I think their their roster overall, I I do really like. I understand what he's saying from a wide receiver perspective, but – my opinion, they need they need another number two receiver, uh, if not a number one. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's he's getting up there. Well, yeah, and they brought him back, but you know, Michael Pittman. They're hoping yeah, he could be that guy. They're they're hoping. I, I don't know if he's going to take a step forward. And Paris Campbell, the jury's forward. still out on him. Yeah. I mean, they haven't seen enough out of Paris Campbell. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I think they could have brought in another veteran wide receiver to shore up the that. That spot. It's going to depend on Carson Wentz. It, it is. Can he rekindle that magic with Frank Reich? That's that's the end all be all. But giving him a solid running game, an offensive line. Well, and that's that's my, the 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 offensive line is what's going to save them, right? Giving Some him time. Stanzo to did to retire, so so uh, we'll see. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Amy Dash, the uh, legal analyst for Fox Sports Radio and Odyssey, were part of Odyssey, was on with Carrington Harrison, kind of giving an update on Frank Clark. What he could be facing or not be facing as far as that. Could the Chiefs have Frank Clark on week one, or is the league still going to suspend him? Amy Dash shed some light on the current legal troubles of Frank Clark. That's next. Baby at night. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Nine days, Julio. I know it's not till the 28th for full squad, but the rookies, quarterbacks, nine days. And they're going to count on some of these rookies. They're going to matter for the Chiefs. They will. One thing we have to kind of wait on is Frank Clark deal. Yeah. Charges for the first one, not the second one yet. Hopefully that gets worked out. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, the commissioner, maybe one game, four games, maybe none at all. We don't know. Don't know. That's why I still want Melvin Ingram with or without the Frank Clark deal. Still wanting him for depth. But Amy Dash, legal analyst for Fox Sports Radio and Odyssey as well, joined Carrington Harris in the day of the drive and was asked the question, what's next here for Frank Clark? Even if they reach a plea agreement on this, let's not forget there may be another charge that could be coming related to the June incident, so we haven't seen the outcome on that. But just thinking about this now felony charge that exists for the March incident, it's got to go to October because if they come up with a plea deal, they have to present that plea deal before the judge, and the judge has to approve that deal. So they have to wait to October, till October. Now, what's probably going to happen is since there's a felony charge on the table, uh, the NFL discipline policy says that when there are criminal charges, they will usually automatically put the player on the commissioner's exempt list, put, it on pay, put him on paid leave until the whole situation resolves itself in the criminal court. Uh, now, that policy is stricter if the charge relates to an act of violence or sexual assault, and theoretically that's not this. But I think there still could be a good chance that he would go on the exempt list because of the multiple incidents that he's dealing with. And, you know, maybe if they, you know, if they trace back the gun, it's actually the security guards, whatever, maybe that's different. And, again, it's not like he used the gun in an act of violence. It was not brandished in any way. You know what I'm saying? So you don't really know what they're going to do. Goodell goes by his own rules. So it's going to be interesting what he does. But – of course, he, the Uzi, the security guard, said that was him in the second case. There's that still on the table and pending. They're still investigating that. It was actually the March charge that came through was the first one. But uh, Carrington asked Amy, how viable is the security guard's gun defense? They can verify that. If, in fact, the security guard says, I'm going to step up to the plate. It was mine. I left it in the back seat. He had no idea that it was there. What they would do is they would take the serial number of the weapon and they would try to trace it and see who the owner is. If, in fact, it was the security guard, then they'd have that choice again. Do we charge this at all? Do we charge it as a misdemeanor? Do we charge it as a felony? The problem that he may have is that usually ignorance of the law is not an excuse. You're you're supposed to know what you have on your person or on your property. And, um, you know, even if you have an assault weapon and even if you have a permit for it or someone else has a permit for it, There are also requirements as to how to store it, when you can transport it. I mean, this apparently, this Uzi in the June incident was just, you know, sticking out of a bag. I don't know if it was was loaded or not. Um, So, you know, there's a level of responsibility here that I think prosecutors may want to make an example out of him to just, you know, show that it's not going to be tolerated to transport these high-capacity weapons, these really dangerous weapons in their state because they've put so much effort into putting laws in place to outlaw it. Yeah, the bottom line is it happened in the wrong state in California, but was asked Clark could petition the felony 
to a misdemeanor still on the table, according to Amy? I would say it's one of the, if not the most, this is a wobbler charge. It's called a wobbler. So it could either be charged as a felony or as a misdemeanor. And obviously that's a big difference because for a misdemeanor, you could face up to one year in jail and significantly more time for a felony. Um, and usually, you know, you can plead, sometimes you can plead a felony down. So here, what he, he could actually do is he could go beyond the prosecutor who decided to charge him with a felony, and he could petition to try to get the felony conviction reduced to a misdemeanor because it is a wobbler. The problem is that he has two very similar incidents happening within a three-month period. So the judge and the court may not be sympathetic to him trying to get some sort of a plea deal or a reduction in charges because two things happened within within a course of three months. That's why you have a legal analyst on, Julio, because I had never heard of the word wobbler. Me neither, but I like it. It's a fun word. You can play it down. It's a fun word. He's not going to jail. Yeah, no, no, he's not. I I don't believe so, but that doesn't make the situation any better for the Chiefs. I mean, this thing could happen in October now. You're waiting because he get put on an exempt list. I will say this. If it is four games, it really sucks for the Chiefs standpoint because first five games are, you know, you got Baltimore mixed in there. You got Cleveland mixed in there. You got the Chargers mixed in there. And you got the Buffalo Bills in the first five weeks. So they'd be five weeks, so you'd have one week there to go. Um, it still doesn't change my mind on Melvin Ingram because he came in for a visit March 24th, like right around this first day. Like he, he's already been here, right? Like that would be my dude. And I mentioned the stats yesterday. I got pretty geeky there. Uh, Cynthia Freeland of uh, NFL.com assigned war values to some of the free agents. Wins above replacement like baseball. He was he was the highest, the point seven one eight. So it almost gives the Chiefs a victory if they brought in Melvin Ingram. Which you know what, it may come down to one game to get that by when he's healthy. Because there's just about and, and now that in the last two years, even though he hadn't been healthy, the dozen games he's played, fourth quickest rush in those first three yards. He's a, he is a very solid player. What, why Why has no team signed him yet? I don't know. That's, that, the money? That's, that's the question of the hour. Or is he demanding two years, multiple years? Is he not willing to do the one-year deal like a lot of guys in the NFL just is had it a health settle reason? for? In medicals, too, he's on the IR twice last right. year. It's the difference. You know, she linked Justin Houston to Atlanta, linked uh, Mitch Schwartz to the Steelers, although said the back could be a problem for this situation. But I don't know. With all things, like, when free agency started, I really wanted Ingram and Juju. That's what I said, Juju. And then she showed interest in both. They really showed interest in Juju because they put money on the table. You're 0 for 2, though. I am. Right now, at least. Still on hold on hope, though, because I figured they'd be a perfect X receiver for the Chiefs. Having Juju in the mix. They tried. Would you take Ingram or Houston? Or none? Or just go with what you got. No, Maybe a little taco you, charlton on the outside, sprinkling some Mike Dana. I mean, just make way with it. I'd go. I'd go Ingram. I, I don't. I don't think Houston bringing Houston back. I mean, that, I guess from a nostalgia standpoint would be okay. I, I just don't see the. I, I just don't know how it ended. Yeah, I, mean, we, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I, I'd bring in a new, a new fresh face, bring in some depth. You can always use a an extra edge rusher, right? So I, I have mean, no. I I have no problem with depth, but. You know, it also give you more flexibility with him in the game. 
you got to respect Melvin Ingram still. Other defense or other offenses lines need to. And then all of a sudden, if he's out there, then you got Reed and Jones causing complete havoc in the middle. I mean, that's an a that's a top notch defensive line, right? Oh, interior pass rush is the best in the AFC. Right. I mean, I think Jones just number two behind Aaron Donald yeah. as far as interior pass rushers. Well, and they're they're what moving him to the outside now. So then you have a Jaron Reed that. <laughs> You know, he came out of Alabama as a run stuffer. And he develops yeah. his inside pass rush. I mean, something they got him for a year, which he'll be on that bag alert, right? The prove it, the prove it deal Contract year. Contract year is undefeated, Absolutely. right? So Trez used to From say, our man. Yeah, unreal, unreal. Well, Pro- Nick Prado, I mentioned the conversation he had with uh, Cody and Dusty earlier today, and one thing that was brought up was player comparisons because he's had a player comparison to him. Is it fair or not fair? Because here's the one thing we always like, Julio. We always like player comparisons. I'll tell you what he said next. Bing at night. Final segment, Bink at night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. Did we already get started here with USA and Martinique? At a children's mercy? Gold Cup. I don't think it started yet. Oh, they shown highlights. Yeah, I don't think it started yet. It'll be soon. Probably about twelve more minutes. It started That's about what nine they o'clock. Said Ten so. minutes ago. We'll see what Canada Canada went along with Haiti. Well, that's that's. Is that maybe because they lost power out there? I don't know. That's what someone said. Sarah did. Who does the uh, replay Coffin Stadium? She's always there. What they said they lost power out there, but. It was still daylight. I said they could still play at that point. Now, they do need the power, which you would assume is on at this point. You would assume it's on. But I mentioned uh, Nick Prado, the number five prospect in the Royal System. Former first-round pick that a lot of people just, quite frankly, forgot about, you know, kind of his um, progress with the Royals. Really excited about him a couple years ago when he won a South Atlantic League title with MJ Melendez down in Lexington. MJ Melendez, who hit his 18th home run tonight for Northwest Arkansas. Could be some nice blood in the pipeline for the Royals as far as hitting prospects go. But Nick Prado was asked about being compared to Hosmer because there's a lot of comparisons out there. He's obviously placed first base, comparisons to Eric Hosmer, you know, on the prospect, especially his glove. You know, there are people who say his glove's even better than what you had with Eric Hosmer, which I like. But he was asked about. If he likes being compared to Eric Cosmer, I mean, it's always an honor. And what he meant to the city was clearly something that is something that I can hopefully live up to someday. But it just being being Nick Prado means for me playing my game, and I think I think that's very specific to each player. So honestly, I, I really don't think the comps are are fair in a sense because. I mean, every player has has their own quirks and ways that they go about things that that make them unique. So that's my my little thing. Uh, I, you know, he wants to be his own guy, right? The comparison's great. Be your own guy. So I'm sure if you had a catcher in the system, just take a man, Jay Melendez, for example. Would he want to be compared to Perez? <laughs> you can't be. You know what I'm saying? It's like when Mahomes came out. You know, people make comparisons. Could this be like the next Brett Favre, like a gunslinger type guy? But they eventually, Julio, they become their own guys. If they're good enough. But you know what, though? I mean, 
it's fun to play the comparison game, though, because you always ask him. I'll never forget when Travis Kelsey was drafted, or Travis Kels was drafted. Actually, Kelsey. I see what you did there. Kelsey. But I see. they have the uh, calls. It was at Arrowhead. And once they draft them, they have the player come on and talk to everybody on the speakerphone. And yeah, I'm guilty of that, too. I said, who would you compare yourself to? And at this point, people are getting compared to him. It's just like funny because you'll see quarterbacks like Zach Wilson drew some Holmes like comparisons, right? I, I asked him who, who he'd compare himself to, and he said Chucky. <laughs> so, oh, personality wise, like he has it. You know what I'm saying? Much better tight end than Jeremy Shockey. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he definitely has that, that can be brash personality. He's just a very outgoing person. But I think comparisons are fun. I mean, it just gives you kind of, like, this is what you think you're going to get. But you can't have, I mean, no two guys are the same. You know, they're just not No, but we same. But if you say to, playing styles, I see certain playing styles the same. We always want to categorize things, right? Put things in boxes. Like, if you're going to compare anybody to Mahomes, like Zach Wilson, you know, you think, keep in mind, the level of talent Zach Wilson played. And keep in mind, he had a great year this year. Again, COVID year. Wasn't that great the year before? Again, I mean, somebody's going to be the Trubisky. Somebody's going to be the Trubisky of this draft. Make that comparison. Somebody's going to be the Jamarcus Russell. Somebody's going to be the Josh Rosen. Someone's going to be the Dwayne Haskins. Someone's going to be the first-round pick that doesn't materialize. We're going to have more of those than we are Patrick Mahomes. Yes. The only way you compare him is maybe improvising, creating plays, arm strength, maybe, if you want to, throwing across his body. But the one thing that you can't really compare with Mahomes is he had the worst defense in college football. There's 130 FBS teams now. There's 128 at that point. His last year at Tech, but they were ranked last. Dead last. Like, he had to come in and score points every single time he played. Now, it is tough to make a comparison with that kind of pressure on a player to do that every time. Not fair. Ended up being beneficial to him, though. I'd I mean, say, right? I mean, I'd do it from time to time because right. I'll say, you know what? Hey, you know, I know we all love Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson was one of my favorite players. But I said, maybe Nick Bolton can make you forget about Derek Johnson someday. You know, it's the player comparison game. So. We well, all got it. Who remind? I remember when D Ford. You know, when he first showed up here, people talked about his quickness around the edge. And then keep in mind, this is from like rookie mini camps and OTAs and stuff. I never said this. But it was said, kind of reminds you of Derek Thomas. Like mm. that speed around the edge is like, mm. come on now. Derek Thomas, my all-time favorite chief. Yeah, but it's fun to see, right, to, to put a, a cap on somebody or, a, or you know, or a, the floor on how good or bad they're going to be. It's fun to try and, right, predict how good they are going to be. Yeah, Especially I guess Especially when so. they're talented, right? Yeah, we all do, but it's like. We're, we're, we're hopeful and we're optimistic. We haven't been jaded at that point. You know the one thing in the NFL you never heard, which is crazy? Maybe people just staying away from it because he's an all-time GOAT is Brady. Yep. Like, remember when Brady came yep. out? Skinny dude, Michigan. Like He wasn't he, skinny. He looked a little. He's probably skinnier now than but as, but as, I, Exactly. But as long as he's played, no one said, like, this is the next Tom Brady. Oh, like, no. yeah. they're afraid to do it. Yeah. Like, you're afraid to say this guy could be the next Tom Brady. Seven rings. Even when he had five, six, I mean, four, I mean. You're still scared to make the comparison. This is the name. Have you ever heard it once? Like, I've never even heard it once. Like, no. this guy could be the next Tom Brady. Because Tom, 
he plays so pedestrian, it seems like, but he's just so great at it. Like, he doesn't do anything exceptionally good. I guess he reads the field really well, better than anyone in the history of the NFL, but I don't know, man. Did you hear the latest on him playing the knee injury last year? Yeah, what was that, torn ACL or something like that? Tom Brady underwent surgery on a torn MCL, MCL? after playing the entire season with the injury. That's, that's that makes insane. you kind of wonder about those injury Inhuman. reports at times, doesn't it? Inhuman. I mean, I guess you have to buy it. I mean, we don't know. Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times had said that the the original injury was suffered during his final season with New England. Now, I don't know if that showed up on the injury report. I would just say probably not. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network noted the injury was not par, not a partially torn MCL, but in fact, a fully torn MCL. Are you buying it? I mean, these guys are saying no, it. I mean, man. I guess I have to, but played damn well with it, didn't he? I, I'm not I'm not uh, knowledgeable enough to speak on the uh, on the whole knee area, but man, I find that a little hard to believe. But right, if it that was he went torn. through an entire off season and then went through. A, an additional full football season all the way to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl with a completely torn MCL. I mean, he's not human, but that's that's just crazy. Well, he took a, a day off each week during practice, oh, right? Come did, on. Okay. Listen, oh, this, this, he never was officially listed on the injury report by the Buccaneers last year. That's just crazy. I mean, are, are we just making up stories to add to his legacy? He threw for 46 touchdowns, completed 65.7. I don't know, man. That guy's from it's another insanity. world, man. Some guys just can't get him off the field. Yeah. Unbelievable. Huge thanks to John Kurtz, who's down at the Big 12 Media Days, representing Kansas State. He, of course, covers Kansas State at K-Man in Manhattan. Huge thanks to Ron Kopp, arrowheadpride.com. Julio, I'll have to admit, it's fun talking college football with you in here again. It feels like old times. It does. I love it. Thank you. It really does. I enjoyed it. I'm pumped up for nine days away from rookies and quarterbacks up at St. Joe. I'm glad we finally have a training camp you can go and enjoy. We had OTAs, minicamp. We got preseason football. Opening up. Football's here, man. Enjoy Team USA versus Martin Inc. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Big at night. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.